0: Welcome to episode 57 of the Next Level Life podcast, Making Business Possible with Mandy Richards, CEO and founder of Global Sisters. Mandy is a social entrepreneur who is fiercely passionate about human rights, eradicating poverty and empowering women, which led her to establish Global Sisters in 2014. Global Sisters is a not-for-profit organization which exists to enable women to be financially independent and to stand tall. They provide a genuine alternative for women who are unable to participate in mainstream employment. By removing the barriers they commonly face, they make self-employment a viable option. Mandy's diverse career path over the past 20 years has spanned the commercial and not-for-profit sectors, where she has worked internationally on government business incubation programs in Botswana and places like New Zealand, as well as high-profile charities including the Hamlin Fistula Hospitals in Ethiopia and locally as National Marketing Director for the RSPCA. Today's inspiring conversation covers everything from experimenting to succeed in business, when your mission is strong, it never feels hard, creating community and tribe, creating sustainable businesses, making social change for women and mothers in Australia, defining success, what it takes to be an entrepreneur, turning failure into learning having faith in yourself to follow your dreams and knowing that money will follow, always learning to develop your mission, scaling a business, not letting money be a barrier, and learning from others to scale your business to another level. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it, and let's jump straight in. Welcome to the Next Level Life podcast with Christine Corcoran, where I talk all things mindset, motivation, and entrepreneurship. Each week, I will endeavor to bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner, all about taking your life and business to the next level. Each episode is designed to open up your mind to a new perspective and inspire you to live your life with purpose and passion. Ready to get started? Let's go. Well, I'd love to take this opportunity to welcome you to the podcast, Mandy. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dive into this conversation about Global Sisters and how this has started for you and where it's going to go. It's such a, an amazing mission and I really just want to congratulate you on everything you've achieved over the last few years so far. So just to um, guide the listeners to tell us a little bit about how you started Global Sisters and where it all began for you.
1: Um, oh my goodness. So I, um, I actually started working on Global Sisters a week before I gave birth to my little boy who's just turned six. Oh my God. <laughs> so that was... Um, That was when I really like hands-on started working on it properly. Um, but I think a a lot of things had led up to that. I, um, I'm really passionate about women's human rights, um, and economic empowerment of women. And, um, so I, I was interested in working in that space. Um, I guess I was ready for my next project. I'm pretty entrepreneurial. So I always have something bubbling away. Um, and I'd been looking at how I could have the biggest impact, um, biggest impact with the least input in using my skills and my interests and passions and so I'd, I'd land, landed in the enterprise or business space um, and then I think uh, a few things culminated in it. So first of all it's probably the fact that I grew up in Indonesia. So I spent um, a few years of my childhood over over in um, in Bogor and um, you know went from a, a very innocent I would say little country girl living on a farm in um, the northwest region of New South Wales to uh, you know walking through markets by myself I can remember walking over this bridge and both sides of it were just lined with people who um, you know were homeless and had leprosy quite severely and I think I was about eight years at that stage eight years old and that image is like still planted in my head so I'm sure that was um, probably the start of all of this for me. And then um, I've spent quite a few um, years working the social enterprise space and also across innovation and and business incubation. Um, So I think all of that's kind of uh, definitely, definitely helped. Uh, And then the other thing was probably my personal experience a bit later on once we moved back to Armidale, uh, my parents separated and and I watched my mum go through this really, really tough time, which translated to a really tough time for the whole family, of being um, a single, single mother to three kids in a country town um, where you know, there was really low, uh, low employment. Um, she didn't have um, a career or a network. She was educated, but her, her degree was outdated. She didn't have experience because she'd never worked. She'd gone from university to, to having children, like a lot of women in that generation. Um And it was just really, really hard for her to find a feat and and make money so um, that's that's really stuck with me and and I think just watching so many women have such a tough time in Australia, um, largely because they have children that are dependent on them, and then they face all these barriers to employment which range from anything anything from um uh, you know, living somewhere where there are no jobs right through to language barriers, cultural barriers, might be mental health issues, um, who you know, they can't afford childcare or there is no childcare available. Um, you know, the list goes on that there needs to be an alternative and and at the moment or until we started Global Sisters in Australia really, it was the alternative was welfare and I'm yet to meet anyone who wants to be on welfare. Um, But these women find themselves literally trapped and so what we're aiming to do with global sisters is Create a a, a third alternative. So mainstream employment welfare or actually maybe I can start a small business from home Using what I know and what I love um, and and create an income um, Around my circumstances in in a way that's flexible and in a way that I can actually
0: manage Mm. Mm, Awesome, so Based on your experience, you could have gone down so many different avenues with different ways of supporting women or supporting these people who are struggling. Yeah. What made you want to create a space where, you know, that really entrepreneurial way of actually creating more entrepreneurs in Australia? What was it about that?
1: Um, I, um, I gosh, I guess I'm entrepreneurial by nature, so it's something that, that comes pretty naturally to me. Um, the You know, we needed – we, as in Australia, needed something that was flexible for these women. Um, You know, the reason they can't access a a normal or mainstream job is because they're facing various barriers, which are really, really, really diverse. Um, And and mainstream jobs just don't offer a solution. It doesn't matter how hard you try and shove them into employment – Um, those barriers aren't going away, so they needed, they need another alternative. Um, and you know, when, when we say, well, you know, a a woman can start up a business, it doesn't have to be some, you know, she's taking out a $50,000 loan and and hiring a shop and bricks and mortar and lots of expense and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, it, it, can be just babysitting or picking up a job as a nanny or, Um, cooking and using some of the the great platforms that are around now to to hire out their services. Um, Or it might be be a lot bigger than that, but really what it's about is providing access to the resources and the know-how that they need, and a lot of the time it's technology related, to just start making an income using what they already
0: have. Mm, Awesome. So when you first started Global Sisters and you were going out and offering these types of services for the women out there, what was the reaction?
1: Um so when I first when I first started um just piloting some of the work um we started I, I just pulled together a group of women who were really passionate about making change in this space and um we just started working with uh a partner in Canberra actually with some refugee women and started piloting some ideas um and initially I was just looking at an Etsy style marketplace and and helping women around product development and then um you know it was just like opening a can of worms and discovering uh, that just was not going to cut it there was so much more that was needed around business education and the business coaching and it just went on and on and on so we kind of went through this big process of unraveling and and working out what was needed and then we'd implement design and implement part of the program and then discover something else was needed um and um We've had a paid team on board now for nearly three years, um, but that whole six years has been learning. It's been testing, creating, testing, refining, creating, and just this ongoing process. And we think we think we've just about nailed it now. But yeah. it's ta- it's taken six years of experimenting and um, lots of lots of trial and error and lots of brilliant brains to to pull it together to get it to this point.
0: Mm. And what would you say, like, when you talk to the women? What do you think is the? What do they say about when you when you say, look, you actually have another option. You don't necessarily have to be on welfare, or you don't necessarily have to be um, in a job that you hate doing. There is other options. Yeah. What do you feel their reaction is to that?
1: Um, look, I think um, I think one of the most beautiful things that we that we do is um, offer hope. You know, we. I mean, I see we we see it constantly where women who felt like they were trapped and that there just was no other option suddenly light up and think oh my god like there actually is hope maybe i can have some control over my destiny and maybe i can actually do something that i enjoy um and that's you know that's that's pretty powerful
0: Mm. Mm. that's life-changing yeah it's amazing it's pretty amazing Amazing. So, what would you say over the last six years has been probably the most difficult part of creating this?
1: (laughs) Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, Most difficult part. Uh, Oh my
0: god. most challenging um there are times where you where things just didn't work and you were just like what am I doing or was it literally
1: uh, no there hasn't it's I mean we've been we have been racing at a you know an absolute speed of knots from day one and it's just never slowed down and we've never it's never felt like we're at a standstill it's never felt like we're going backwards um and to be honest, nothing has ever really felt hard. I I think this is so needed that everyone gets it when we talk to them about it. And, um, you know, I can't actually think of anyone who's said, no, we're not going to support you or, or, or if they haven't been able to, they're still telling us, we absolutely love what you're doing. Um, and that's, you know, from the people supporting it and, and, and the women that are benefiting from it. So yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I don't know. I can't figure anything that's maybe maybe the human resources side of things, which I think is the bane of all businesses' lives. It's just sometimes sometimes um, it's hard finding the right people for the right roles, particularly when you're new and you haven't quite figured figured out what it is you need. I mean, and but but we're getting there with that, and we've got we've got an amazing amazing team of passionate, ha- uh, happens to be all women on board.
0: Mm, isn't interesting right (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 so what would
1: you say has been the most rewarding part um oh that's easy I, I mean just you know just just the women I mean the women that we work with obviously just hearing hearing their stories and you know just I hear little quotes every every now come now and then coming back um about what a massive impact it's had on their lives and um that always that always blows me away Mm. and it's not just about the money hey no no it's no it's it's really not i mean i guess like what we're talking about here is a lot more than you know helping one individual woman here and one individual woman there because what we're doing impacts it impacts them hugely but it impacts their families and it impacts the communities around them and there's this massive ripple effect which um you know, is why, I mean, that's why we're investing in women in the first place, because that's, that's what happens when you do invest in women and we're investing in in them in something that can create long-term sustainable change. So, you know, this can break the poverty cycle, um, children get to see their mums, um, role modeling to them that, you know, I can work, you can work, um and and it also happened you know it happens um from a depth perspective but also um breadth as well and and you know women see other women doing it and 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 we're just seeing this process of empowerment happening before our eyes actually
0: which is pretty pretty incredible mm, amazing so what would you like to see happen with global sisters over the next say five to ten years
1: um i uh so so the aim was always to go global um and we're pretty global within australia we're very very diverse culturally in terms of the women that we support but we've always we've always wanted to um to spread out a side of australia um it, it's pretty interesting because it's a model that's quite focused on um high income countries um but i we think it's also can also definitely be applied to um, low income or developing countries. So, I mean, I just want to be able to impact as many many women as possible. Um, we're in the middle of strat planning now for the next five years, so we'll we'll see exactly what comes out of that. But I think I think the sky's the limit. Um, one of the areas I particularly love to work in is working with women in refugee camps right around the world. Um, there's a you know major issue there. In that they're in this kind of balloon and or bubble and, and, and haven't got a way of generating an income. Um, I think it, you know the model was always about connecting the dots, and um, I think on a global scale there's just so many dots that can be connected really well between between finance, between big companies that will buy products and services, and between the women that can supply them and, and, and um, just in training training them up and providing the resources. Mm. yeah Mm.
0: what would you say like is there any major success story that you've had that you love to tell or is there anything a sister story that you like to share that you feel really shows the impact that it's making
1: um oh gosh i mean we we've already worked with hundreds of women and the um there's so many stories so many great so many great stories um I think, I think in terms of, like, developing a long-term sustainable business, it's still it's still quite early days because it's only probably, oh, I don't know, maybe halfway through last year that we really, uh, or even the start of this year, that we felt like, okay, all the programs are where they need to be and now we're operating properly and at, you know, full, full full capacity. So I think it's actually going to be another two years before, We can start really talking about well you know this many women have exited welfare and these you know these women are all all, um standing financially independently but i mean we have some women that are there already um we have a there's a a fantastic woman out in western sydney we've been supporting for quite a while who came to us through a a refugee organization um she was um and is an asylum seeker in fact um and um Really, she's from um, uh, from uh, Fiji actually, and she um, we partnered her up with a coach. She had a couple of business ideas. She ended up starting a commercial cleaning business. Um, we um, put her in contact with um, another organization who provided her with a um, a, a micro loan, um, and that was to buy equipment for her business. And, um, she has this roaring commercial cleaning business now where, and she's, she doesn't receive welfare or anything. She's completely financially independent and, and sustaining herself. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty amazing, but we're, I mean, we're working with women who, who, um, have been unemployed for, for decades, as well as women that have come out of domestic violence situations, um. Lots of migrant women who who had great careers back home and then come here and then can't, and can't find a job. Um, there's some beautiful indigenous women um, running all sorts of really interesting businesses that we're working with. Lots of women in in, in the in country areas where there's just really low employment, um, and they all they all have they all have different stories, um,
0: but all looking for financial independence. And I love how you use the terminology "making business possible." Mm-hmm. Like I think that that almost literally enc- encompasses like what you allow what happens in the in the in the sitter's minds like they actually start to believe possibilities about themselves yep. and about their lives which yep. they never thought was possible before
1: yeah the yeah the possibility possibilities is one of my favorite words possibilities and hope are the two things that really jump out at me that i think are kind of the magic and the heart and soul of what what we do because mm. um, that's that's what we're doing we're giving women a a new a new possibility that um just is the solution to so many problems and and there is so much support in australia for women entrepreneurs now i mean it's such it's quite a hot area to Mm -hmm. be in but not for the women that we're supporting they're for women that already have access to lots of resources whereas the women we're working with are facing barriers left right and center quite often they're socially isolated um, and and um, so, and one of the most important parts of, that we do or, or we have is um, our community, our sister tribe, and um, that's that, that's one of the things that just comes up again and again and again. That's just critical to critical to what we do and critical to these women just finding what they need to beat those barriers and get out there and start doing something
0: and that just happens right yeah when it you just get happens. women together that are passionate about what they do and they just start believing in themselves yeah. what i love to see is that you get a sister talking to another sister who doesn't believe in herself, yeah. but she's talking the other person up like yeah. crazy. Like yeah. I just think that, that is just awesome. They yeah. both bounce off each other and they both build each other up. And I think that that's really powerful.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I love watching. So we have this closed Facebook group for our sister tribe and it's just, it's so much fun just watching, watching some of the, Chat that goes on there with women, you know, getting on and posting wins, and then all the other sisters getting on and going, "Go you!" And yeah, you know, it's
0: just great. So good, it's awesome. So, what do you feel like has been the biggest lesson that you've learned about yourself along this journey of Global Sisters?
1: Oh, gosh, about myself. Um, I don't know. It's been it's been really interesting. One thing that's been interesting for me actually is realizing what's driven me to start Global Sisters in the first place because initially I thought I had this um, you know a great job before where I was working in this pilot project um, setting up social enterprises for um, Social Ventures Australia and I I loved it but I got to the end of that and thought this can be done in a better way and um, you know there's there's no economies of scale here and there's probably no sustainability so we need to be using tech and you know I had all these ideas and I kind of and And obviously, growing up in Indonesia as well, so I, I thought oh there you know that's that's what's led me here and then just since working with the women and and I guess just on the journey, I realized it's um you know the driver for me was watching what my mum went through and what we experienced as kids when my mum was in this situation um and, and even more recently, just the um that she really just drove into me that you have to be financially independent you cannot become dependent on a man for money ever um and it was i think more a subconscious thing than a conscious thing but i only just realized recently that and the the thought to me of um you know having no control over your future because of money i just think is intolerable and mm. it's just unacceptable in this country
0: mm. yeah so, is there anything in regards to what you believe needs to be changed within Australia? Like, is there any awareness, or in regards to legislation, or anything mm. like that, that you feel like needs to be changed?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of big things that could really make a huge change. One, one is around policy, and one is just around um, culture, um, culture, people, people, and culture um, as a whole. So, I think, I, I think, um, I just see. So, I mean, probably about just over half the women we support at the moment are single mum. So it's not all of them, but it's, you know, it's a fair chunk of them. Um, I, I think there is just such a an unfair situation that arises as soon as a woman has a child. Uh, I mean, most of the time you go into this with, with a partner, um, but then when the relationship falls apart, inevitably it's the woman that is left to look after that child. Um, and a lot of the time without much financial support other than government support and i think the fact that a woman by having a child makes herself vulnerable to poverty um is completely unacceptable um and so so wrong and i i, I just i feel like i feel like women women as a whole but mums particularly and motherhood is not um valued or respected enough um economically mm. it's I mean, we need good mothers because they're raising our children, which is the future of this country. so I, I think there's just something really wrong with our with our system um, there and that's I mean that's a big that's a big thing to fix and change. Um, but the other thing which is probably more tangible is is around government policy, around um, uh, employment um, oh gosh, what do you call it Fine. you know when, if someone's on welfare then, um, the opportunities that are available to, to women um, and at the moment the focus is and always has been of pushing them into jobs but our welfare system is completely, completely outdated and it was based on the model of a man with his wife at home and, you know, 2.4 kids and a white picket fence and that's just not what life is like anymore. Um, so aside from all the issues of, the you know, the, the amounts just... Being not enough for anyone to live, the the way the welfare system is at the moment is um, it's completely counterproductive to. Um, the idea of someone starting a business. So it's mm. it not only makes it difficult, it actually makes it impossible. Mm. We have all
0: getting off welfare, even
1: <laughs> ex- exactly. I mean, we have so many women who have to go and fill in ridiculous job applications for jobs that they don't want, and they're never going to get. Um, you know, missing sister school or missing coaching sessions and all of this sort of thing, um, and just tied down with all these Centrelink requirements, which w- which are just bogus. They're not. They're not helping anyone. Um, and I think what the government needs to do, and they're starting. There's tiny little peeps. They're starting to look at this, and they're definitely reassessing the whole welfare system at the moment, or the employment side of it. Is um, they just need they need to start supporting entrepreneurship as an alternative. So rather than all the focus being on job providers, there needs to be a focus on job creators as well. And rather than just um, providing um, Centrelink to um, you know, people to go and get jobs, they need to start providing Centrelink to people so that they can, and women particularly, so that they can actually create jobs for themselves um, and stop trying to shove square pegs in round holes, mm. basically. Which then the ripple
0: effect of that is massive.
1: Absolutely, massive. yeah, yeah, it is so huge in so many, so many ways. Um, and I, I think the other thing that's a key piece of that is that support needs to be long-term so you can't i mean at the moment there's the niece program which has been around for long term but it's it's inaccessible for the women we support and even if it was accessible i think it only provides support now for about seven months you know these women need support for two to three years mm, not seven months no a child's life <laughs> <It's> exactly <laughs> while while they while they have a proper crack without centrelink requirements on them to mm. to get a business started.
0: So you talk a lot about sustainability mm. and being able to make a sustainable business. Mm. What does that mean to you? Um, well,
1: um, a couple of things. So one is um, building a business to a point that you've got a solid little business and it's not going to topple over. Um, the and, and that you know that takes a, quite a while and a lot of support. Um, it's not you know it's not hard. It's not um it's not an easy thing starting a business, but then again when you look at a lot of businesses that, that we're talking about, um, they're, you know, they're home-based and they're using skills that women already have. And it could be as simple as uh, cooking, you know, cooking, cleaning, babysitting, or it might go up to, you know, we have we have a woman who's launching uh, robotics and coding school. So, you know, the other end of the scale. Um, and I think the other thing that's important here is um, asking the women, um, you know our entrepreneurs what is it that they actually want to achieve out of this so successful one woman is not success for another woman um so so when i say when i say sustainable in in this sense i'm just talking about a business that's not going to fall over one that's going to last because otherwise what's the point um but then from the environmental perspective also that's something that we're very passionate about and it's pretty ingrained into everything we do so um we we do and aim to teach as much as we can um around thinking about your your impact that you're having with your business and and that's how we operate as an organization as well try and tread as lightly as possible and give back as much as you can
0: mm, awesome and I, even then i look at the way that the impact of what the sisters are creating even just within their community and the way that they're putting money back into their own community so yeah. it's actually changing the sustainability yeah. of the actual town or yeah you know.
1: ab- absolutely I mean some of the communities so we really um, really we didn't set out to do this but what we've what we've realized is that we're really creating our own um, I guess entrepreneurial variation of the place based model of working which is just this community based grassroots model of connecting lots and lots of people and organizations and dots so that you're just building a stronger community from the inside out um, we partner with community organisations um, and that's, you know, that's the, that's the pipeline for us of um, a lot of the women that we support and gives us a base in the community. Um, but yeah, it just creates this ripple effect throughout, throughout, the, throughout the whole community. And you get, you know, we work in a lot of low socioeconomic communities where... There's not much there, not much business, not much going on. And when all of a sudden you've got 10 women setting up 10 completely different little businesses, all of a sudden there's a life in that community and stuff happening. Mm. Um, and then, you know, we start bringing in resources and coaches from outside and, and um, yeah, magic starts happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think is, what's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur?
1: Um oh, <laughs> think I have a very typical entrepreneur, um, personality. So I, I love, um, I love start start startups. Um, I love starting things. Um, I, I'm not so great with the day to day operations myself. Um, (laughs) I love working for myself. Um, I'm definitely not the sort of person that could go and sit in an office working for someone else. Um, I've tried it a few times and it was fine, but I couldn't, there's no way I could go back now yeah. <laughs> and do it. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is freedom and that's what this is all about. It's, you know, creating the freedom for women to actually make decisions in
0: their lives. Mm, yeah. Mm, absolutely. So what do you think it takes to be successful as an entrepreneur?
1: <sighs> um, passion, uh, passion, commitment and hard work. Yeah. I think, um, you have you have to be prepared to to work hard. You have to um, be absolutely committed to what you're doing and give it hundred um, percent. And I think if you're not, you know, if you don't love what you're doing, it, it's gonna you're gonna struggle, mm.
0: struggle to make it successful. <laughs> yeah. I would I would say <laughs> absolutely. What is it that you notice in other successful people? Oh,
1: those, those traits for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, um, you know, a healthy dose of stubbornness is, is good with this sort of thing. Um, which I definitely have. Um, I mean, you have to be, you have to be persistent and it is a roller coaster. and I think you have to be prepared for that and know that it'll, you know, it'll go up and down and there'll be times when it's not doing, you know, things aren't happening the way you wanted them to happen. And that, you just have to look at um, what looks like possibly a barrier as actually an opportunity, and maybe that's not quite the right way you're meant to be going, and there's something better around the corner. You just need
0: to look left or right. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes the door closes, and it's the best thing that ever exactly. happened. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So, what would you say to a sister that's struggling at the moment mm-hmm. that is being challenged by some barrier?
1: Um, <clears throat> oh, look, I mean, it's. The barriers just vary so hugely. I mean, we generally won't work with women if they're in sort of any sort of a crisis situation. So we only start and we assess that right at the start. So we try and work with women that are in a stable enough situation that they can focus on this and give it the energy that it needs to be successful. Um, If someone is in a crisis situation, then um, it's, it's possibly time for them to step back and focus on that. Generally, they'll have an NGO, you know, an organisation, not-for-profit supporting them um, to get that sorted and then step back into the program um, later on. If it's just, you know, general business barriers, which we all, <laughs> all face, um, I, the, it, there's a few things. Um, one is speaking with the coaches. Um, all the women have different coaches at different times depending on what it is they need. Um, if they don't have a coach that can help with that, then that's what our accelerator leads um, who are on the ground working with these women do. They'll find someone who can provide the support they need. Um, or it might be just a case of getting on the sister tribe and saying, I need help or who's been in this situation because there will be plenty of women who who will be able to jump in and say,
0: oh, yeah, I've, you know,
1: that's happened to me and this is what I did.
0: Mm. So has there been any major failure, or in, might be in your pre Global Sisters yep. times, yep. that you've made some major breakthroughs with, or a big lesson that you've then brought into Global Sisters?
1: Um. Oh gosh. Look, I would say. Um. Um. I don't really. I don't really look at things as failures. I'd say they're learning experiences, and I would say my. Most massive learning experience in 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 business or um, startup world was um, oh gosh how long ago was it I know it's probably about eight years ago now and I um, went on a TV show um, Dragons Den and won the highest amount of investment in that and then proceeded to start a three and a half million dollar startup um, which I ended up walking away from and it was a massive massive learning curve um, and actually it's probably about ten years ago now. Um, and it was hard it was so so hard at the time um, and I was really doing it doing it alone I didn't you know uh, I wasn't in a relationship at the time I didn't have any you know there wasn't anyone that had my back or even anyone that I could really fall back on and say boo. <laughs> um, so that was, that, was, that was pretty hard because I basically ended up um, you know running and starting up this enormous business in the middle of Sydney and I lived in Newcastle at the time um and I had a whole bunch of investors on board and they were all older men um and I just I went into it thinking um you know they're more experienced and they're richer than me they must be smarter and um I should listen to them and there were a few things that I just assumed were right or being taken care of and there were um and and I thought they you know I changed the model slightly because my initial plans because I thought that's what was suggested and I thought well they know better and and then afterwards I just thought oh they didn't know better actually I should have just stayed on the track that I wanted to that I had planned and I think that was the biggest learning biggest learning for me was about having faith in myself actually Mm. and not ever thinking someone knows more than you because they're richer or older or Mm. more successful
0: than you. And what do you say was different compared to, say, what the sisters are going through with being able to be, like, often we think, even as entrepreneurs, not even necessarily sisters, but as entrepreneurs, we're like, hmm. if we had the money, yeah. we would do this. Yeah. So you were given the money. Yeah. What do you think was the lesson there around?
1: Um, You know, interestingly, in that same project, um, one of the main investors, I remember him saying to me, because, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family where there wasn't much money. I mean, like... High school, we were on welfare. My mum was on welfare, so um, and really scraping the bottom of the barrel. So I didn't come from. I came from a very educated and quite successful background, but certainly not a financially well-off one. And um, so money was always the block in my head. Um, And I remember my one of the main investors just saying to me, "Mandy, don't ever not do something." Or not plan something, or not think about something because of money, and and what and I took that attitude to you know in with me to Global Sisters, and so so far, so far, touch it it's it's worked. I just think I think if you if you really believe in something and you're honest and true about it, and and it is a great idea, and you're passionate about it, um,
0: I don't know. So far for me, you know, the money has just followed and mm. come. So so powerful because often we always have money as an issue to keep us mm. stuck or to keep us playing small. Mm. And it is something that across the sisters, it is a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah. So what do you believe to be true about money now?
1: Oh, look, I did. Um, I guess this all comes down to the, the abundance conversation and what you, what you believe and what you truly believe, like what you feel. Um, I'm, uh, I haven't, I have to say, I haven't done much of this in the last six years. It has something to do with having a child. But prior to that, I was very, very good at um, visualizing and creating what I wanted in my life. I had a mind map, and um, you know, I'd put a number of things on that, and I made every one of them come true. And I just, um, I don't know, I spent a, I spent a lot of time, I think, in that space of, you know, affirmations at night and when I woke up, and just really creating what I wanted in my life. Um, and I, I think, I think that's really really possible Mm. at the end of the day everything in life is made up from energy and um, I think you just have to learn how to harness it
0: Mm. love that that's awesome and I think too when like you were saying before that you don't necessarily look at failures as a failure it's more of a lesson and I love that mindset shift of recognizing that it's not a a roadblock it's literally just a speed hump Yeah, exactly. so I'd love to know like we all have that little voice in our head when something doesn't go right Mm. what does your voice say to you (laughs) <laughs> Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> um, if something doesn't go right. right oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I see red for about two minutes, two seconds, actually. And then I'm like, okay, what can I do about this?
0: Yeah. Awesome.
1: I don't, I don't, um, I don't stew on things generally. Yeah.
0: And what does it say when you have a win or something goes right?
1: Um, uh, you know what? I'm not very good at celebrating. I'm. I think I'm always on such a mission and so head down, bum up that I expect to win. So it's kind of that's just I don't know. That's just that's just every day for me. So um, um, yeah, I, don't, I, I need to be better at celebrating. Actually, I don't do a good job of that mm. at all. Cool. I, I think it's the the thrill of the chase and then when I get it I'm like okay what's the next what's the next goal what's the next bit and that yeah
0: yeah do you find that that often you know stops you from actually taking stock of how far you've come
1: yeah yeah I'm I'm a shocker at that I don't I I really need to spend time learning to be present and really enjoying
0: because you are you're making such massive impacts in so many lives like being able to take a moment and actually reflect on that and notice that each step along the way you've driven yourself and you've gotten better and better and better along the way like Mm. to take a moment and go you know what look at what we've achieved so far Mm. and I know you're in only early stages like noticing that (laughs) and I just love the way that when you were doing the strap planning you talk about how next year is your learning year yeah like I think that's (laughs) the coolest way to look at it that you know, if someone was to look at your business as a whole from the outside yep. to see what you've achieved so far and recognize that, and then to hear that you're like, oh, this is our learning year. We're going to try some new <laughs> things. Yep. I think that's also a really amazing mindset shift to have yeah. that we're always learning in business.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there's no such thing as perfect. So we're always going to be making the model better and um, working out how, how to best service as many women as we can in the way that they really need Um, but i think that's also the beauty of having a small organization that and that's what i love about the fact that i've started it because you know within limits i can do whatever i like and um and it's not it's not about me i have this amazing team of brilliant minds around me and um and we do it we do it all together but it like having that freedom i mean this is the entrepreneurial mindset right having that freedom to go hey i think this is a really good idea and actually really pull on all the experience and knowledge and expertise around the team as we need it is um Mm. it's just such a great situation to be in and i I guess that's you know that's having a truly innovative organization which is what Mm. we do
0: and literally, like living and breathing your mantra of mm. making business possible because mm-hmm. you're bringing in that opportunity of possibilities yep. in every aspect. Yeah, so you're like, well, what if we tried this? Yeah, <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. So, what are you excited about at the moment? <laughs> the
1: possibilities.
0: Um, uh,
1: scaling. Yeah. So. So um, one of the one of the. Um, big goals for us in the first few years was to get the model to a point where we could create a platform a tech platform where women can access all the coaching and all the um, uh, education online Um, so from from anywhere and so that's one of the things we're working on and the other thing is our organizational sustainability so you know we have the same the same goal and the same issues as all our women with their business in that we need to create a sustainable organization otherwise what's the point um, so we're, we're really looking at that now. Um, and it's quite interesting as an NGO, I think we operate and have always aimed to operate more as a business than a,
0: a charity in inverted commerce. Mm. So what would you say some of the best advice that you've ever been given is?
1: Um, the best advice. Ooh. well, I, I think, I, I think what I said earlier about the, just don't ever let money be a barrier you know, don't think about that, that that's
0: had a big impact on me. I'm definitely, because mm. um, sometimes what you think money is going to give you is actually not what it is. Or sometimes no. it's like, you don't necessarily even need the money to achieve that goal. Yeah. You're making it mean that oh, I need that money to do that. Yeah. It's like, fascinating how our brain works like that.
1: I think, um, I've gotten very good at, after working in you know, a few charities and for, I don't know, organizations where I had low budgets, but I had to achieve a lot. I've gotten very good at being creative <laughs> with things like that. And it, yeah, it is, it is amazing what you can achieve without actually without money. Um, just finding other ways to, to make things happen.
0: Mm. Um, so what advice would you have for someone who is in startup, mm. uh, wanting to get to the point where they're actually having a sustainable business Yeah, they want to take it to that next level? What advice would you have for them?
1: Uh, Oh, I guess I guess um, it would depend how much they've already they've already achieved and what sort of business it is because it's different for every business. But I think um, I think you have to learn as much as you can from others that have done it before you and what's what's around you. Um, I think you know it's just it's just the basics of really you know do you have something that people want. Is there actually a market out there? Can you provide it in a way that people are going to buy it and access it? How are they going to find out about it? Um, you know, just going through those those, those absolute basics of making sure um, you've got something that people want and and it's accessible and affordable mm-hmm. in a way that they're going to buy it. Um, it's a, it's such a basic thing to look at, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of people don't. They just think, oh, I've got this idea. Maybe I can maybe I can make some money for it from it. Um, and now you know we have a big focus on tech and how can how can um women do things in a smarter quicker more affordable way using tech and i mean it's just such an exciting interesting time in business at the moment because there's so many opportunities available now that weren't around 10 years ago for to set up a business online you know literally within an hour um so many great platforms with all the sharing economy and and, you know all these mega marketplaces and gig platforms and blah 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 there's just you know there's so much out there um and really people just need to be aware of them and shown how how to use them and to to really capitalize on them um
0: yeah awesome so just keep learning
1: yeah and and yeah exactly i mean it's about accessing resources and i think i'm not being afraid to ask yeah, you know, I think most people are really happy to share mm. what they know um, if if they're
0: asked and if it's going to be valued. Mm. Uh-huh. 100%. I've learned that lesson this year. Like, I think it's yeah. the most powerful thing just to say, hey, would you mind doing this for me? Yeah. People are, like, so eager to help.
1: Yeah. Like, but just, it's it's having the confidence to think that they would want to, which mm. I think is a major barrier for a lot of the women that we support.
0: Mm. Amazing. Well, I just want to acknowledge you for everything you've achieved so far with Global Sisters. It's incredible. The sisters that I've met and just the way that they've absolutely impacted me in such a short period of time is just incredible. So I just want to thank you for that. And thank you oh, so thank much you. for your time today. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week, and here's to taking your life to the next level.